for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is March 30th, 2021, and today we're talking to Michigan native Cody Pearson, and we're talking about hunting three to five acres and killing consistent bucks on that ground year in and year out. All right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today is episode 153. And today's episode is with Michigan native Cody Pearson. And Cody reached out to me not too long ago and uh, was telling me about some of the bucks that he's been taking on his piece of ground that's roughly three to five acres here in Michigan, in the central Michigan area. And now when he was showing me these bucks, I'm like, there's no way. There's no possible way this is happening. This is happening here in Michigan. Cody is killing consistent stud deer with a bow or with a gun uh, year in and year out on this piece of ground. He has just got this piece of ground so dialed that uh, it's basically not if he's going to kill one, it's just when, you know, each year. So it's a really cool episode. We kind of get into, you know, the evolution of like where the property started and kind of how it progressed from like 2016 until now. And I mean, there was one year him and his dad both tagged out on four, on two bucks a piece, four really good bucks in Michigan on this three to five acres. It's unbelievable. Something I've never even heard of, really. But uh, this is a good episode. Hope you guys enjoy. I did have a little technical difficulty uh, halfway through this episode. I think the reason being is Cody was actually in a hotel room. He's on the road working right now, and we only could do like a FaceTime audio. Uh, call and we dropped a call for some reason but we pick right up and and we keep everything going so appreciate you guys' uh, support thank you guys for for everything week in and week out I say it every week but 
go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a review. That'd be greatly appreciated. So with that being said, I'm going to get over this interview with Cody, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. And welcome back to the Fall Podcast, and today I've got... Cody Pearson on from Michigan, another Michigan guy, and I'm excited about this one for good reason. Cody is a small property hunter and doing it at a very high level. So, Cody, welcome to the podcast, and thank you, thank you for coming on, man. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Looking forward to it and excited. Yeah, definitely. I am. I am as well. I mean, you when you reached out to me and showed me the pictures of the bucks that you've been killing on very small piece of ground and being successful year in and year out on it i i i'm a sucker for that man and and i'm i'm excited to get into this because you know you and i had like a pre-call and kind of brushed on some things but really didn't dive into the weeds on it and for good reason because i wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth first thing today so i'm excited to do this man yes me too well, before before we do get into it, I you know I do it to everybody, but kind of give everybody a little brief synopsis of who you are, where you're from, uh, and what you do for a living. Okay, yeah, uh, obviously Cody Pearson. Um, I'm originally from the Portland area, uh, raised and graduated from Portland High School. Always lived around the Ionia area, though. I am 30 years old. I uh, work for an excavating company, running machinery, and a little bit of everything. And that's basically it. So okay, and you're saying Portland, Michigan, right? Not Portland, like Oregon. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, Portland, yeah, Portland, yep. Michigan. Yeah. No, I I knew you did. So I I wanted to make sure everybody out there knew. Um, but yeah, I I'm excited, man. So I guess kind of to kick this thing off, let's let's get into how you grew up as a hunter. Like, how did you get into it? Was it a young age kind of thing? Your dad kind of got you into it or was it something off the wall, you know, just did it yourself? Like how did that kind of work out and evolve into what it is today? Uh, no, is pretty much the basic, um, story. I mean, my dad took me at a young age. I think the first time he took me out, I was four or five and, uh, I just got hooked. I would always, um, I didn't live full time with my dad, so whenever I was with him and during hunting season, that's all we were doing. And I would ask him when we going, when we going, and he would take me. And then, you know, it just he taught me everything I know, and I just kind of took it to a whole new level, I guess, um, and learned, I guess, evolved off of what he taught me. And there, growing up, there was times where I would leave his house and go out back and I would be gone from daylight till dark and just spend my time in the woods every I got weekend you. I was there growing up. So, yeah. So when did you think, like, how old were you when you, when you kind of got bit by the bug of like the serious bug, you know, I mean, I said it before, like a lot of us, me in particular grow up and like, you think you're serious, but then it like kind of clicks and it's like, man, I want to, I want to, you know, go to the next level. Like, and consistently getting on good deer and, and year after year, like when, when did that serious bug hit you? Uh, kind of early. Um, I killed my first bull buck when I was 13. Um, and it was a seven point, uh, it was roughly 15, 16 inches wide, a nice Michigan buck. And it was my first deer actually with a bow or second or first buck with a bow. I killed a doe before that. But, uh, I remember shooting it and I remember that I didn't even felt like I touched the sticks going down the tree, running to my dad. And it's just after, you know, shooting light. And 
ever since that moment, it just clicked. And I just wanted to do, you know, that was my whole life. And then as I got older, as I got older and started shooting consistently and shooting good deer, I just wanted to one up my, my personal best every year. And, you know, some years I do, some years I don't. And, but that's just what the drive comes from. And, you know, yeah, I I can totally get that. Yeah. And so when you got hit, you know, bit by that bug and everything, like you said, you're, you felt like you were evolving. Did it, did it, did it come fast? Like when you, you know, year after year, was it like, wow, this is like, was it an accelerated learning curve, do you think? Or was it like one of those things that was like slowly progressing? Because I I guess what I'm getting at is when it happened for me, it was like three years in a row, I felt like I couldn't do anything wrong. You know, I was seeing yeah. the bigger deer that I've ever seen consistently, you know, and maybe not getting opportunities at them, but still seeing them. And I'm like, wow, this is like, what am I doing differently here? Was it like really a fast progression for you or was it more like slow going? That I would say the the want was very fast, but progression as far as like getting on them and constant consistently seeing them was I wouldn't say slow, but like a uh you know how do I say this uh I guess slow progression to where yeah. I got you know I was learning new tactics you know what am I doing wrong what am I doing right? And then every year I would try to fix that. And, you know, every, each year I would get to where, you know, I would learn from the past mistakes and grow off them, the new mistakes. And then I would just constantly, you know, check myself to where, what I was doing right. And that, you know, on the buck, I mean, the bug, like I said, when I, after I killed my first buck, the bug was there. I mean, I, I was hit. I was, this is what I wanted, you know, do for the rest of my life yep you're never gonna take that out of me so right now has it ever been a thought in your mind that you're like man i gotta kill a buck every year yes um you can ask my wife i'm thinking about hunting 365 or yep. 7 and like even when we're driving down the road she says i make this weird squinty eyes and she's like all right what's on your mind and i'm like I'm just looking at, like, I'll be looking at a random piece of property, and I'm like, that would be killer to hunt. And that's just what goes through my mind driving. And she's like, do you think about anything else? And I'm like, no, you knew this when we started dating. (laughs) I said, you married (laughs) it. So, (laughs) but no, it's, yeah, it's just, I'm constantly thinking about, you know, what I can fix. And um, I always, I try to kind of like what I just said, I kind of check myself because, like you'll have your buddies that kill a nice deer and it's like, all right, my turn. I got to get on it. Yep. I got to kill a buck. And, but you know, and then I take a step back and you hear this a lot from other guys. And it's like, you know, you got to regroup and remember, you know, it's just not all about killing a deer or killing an animal. It's, you know, it's, there's a lot of reasons why we're out, you know, in the woods for sure. And so I try to remember that, but yes, I mean, constantly I'm trying to get on a certain deer or a, you know, just a nice Michigan deer. Yeah. And yeah. What, what would you say your goals are in Michigan? Is it like a size thing? Is it an age thing? Or is it just, you know, maybe pick out one deer from year to year and I'm going to go after that deer? You there? Yep. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I did yeah. a little technical <laughs> difficulty there. Maybe I was covering up the the phone there. Yeah. <laughs> no, you were silent. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. No, uh, you're all right. We're back after this station's identification, I guess. <laughs> a little technical difficulty <laughs> there. No, we're just going to run yeah. it, man. I think we're just going to run it. But uh, nope. what I was saying was, um, you know, what what is your goals in Michigan? Like, is it a size thing? Is it an age thing? Or is it, you know, maybe do you pick out one deer each year and you're like, I'm going to go after that deer? Like, how do you justify your goal? Or I shouldn't say justify your goals, but how do you set your goals and what are they? Okay. Um, you know, depending on the year and like what my cameras are showing and stuff, but, you know, I try to kill, try to go after a good three and a half year old deer or older in Michigan now. I mean, back when I was younger, it didn't matter. Um, and you know, still to this day, if a buck comes in and, you know, gets me excited, I'm probably going to nine times out of 10 kill that deer. Yep. Uh, but you know, I'll go off my cameras or just, you know, scouting during the summer. And I try to pick out a buck or if I see a buck, I'll be like, all right, I got to get on them. And, um, but as goals, I mean, each year has, you know, that's my goal each year, but as a, you know, personal goal. Um, I've always wanted to reach that 150 mark here in Michigan. Okay. Which, you know, it's not very easy. Yep. Um, but, uh, and as we'll go on, I'm close to it, but haven't reached it yet. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that, for a lot of Michigan I mean, guys. Sorry, go ahead. Yep. No, I was just going to say, you know, every year is just, yeah, I want I usually pick out a few bucks or at least one and go after them if I can. Yeah, and that that one fifty mark, man, that's that's something that a lot of Michigan hunters never even they might they might not even see that type of deer, you know. <laughs> no, yes, I know, and that's and that's just a personal goal I've set, and I don't like to. I'm not a. I've never been a scorer guy until I killed a few of the deer that um, I sent to you, and then, but still, you know, I like I said, that's where I get back to where I'm rechecking myself, and that's not what it's all. That's not why I hunt, you know. Right. It is, but it isn't. Um, I'm, you know, if I don't ever get one, so be it. But it's just a personal goal. Yeah, and hopefully I'll achieve it. So, yeah, definitely, man. And you got to set those goals for yourself. I'm a firm believer in that. And you know, try to achieve those because I feel like if you don't, you know, it's not so much of like what are you doing this for, but it's it's a good benchmark. And and for me, it it makes me work a little harder. You know, I don't know about you, but it's just like. I'm trying to, I'm very goal oriented and very goal driven. And it's like, if I don't set those benchmarks, maybe sometimes I get a little lax and I really forget about why I'm doing what I'm doing. If that makes sense. Exactly. No, exactly. That's exactly what I am. Um, or how I am. And it's funny that you say that because I'm actually, I set some marks for myself this year in 2021 and there's three goals that I want to reach and I'll do my best to reach them and they don't there's two of them that pertain to hunting and then one's just a personal goal so um yeah but once i usually set a goal you know my mind's on it and i'm gonna do everything in my power to get to it very cool man that's awesome well i want to i want to get into what today's podcast is is all about and just to kind of in brief every so everybody's up to speed here you know you're on the podcast today because You've killed some really good deer in the last couple of years in one tree stand, right? The same tree stand? 
Uh, yeah, two separate tree stands, but in the same general area. Okay, and very far apart. And you're doing this on how many acres again? What was it? Uh, my stepmom's family owns a hundred acres, but I'm limited to about, I would say, three of it. You can only hunt three it's acres just, out of the hundred acres. Pretty much. I mean, there might be five acres total to where I can, but I'm kind of limited to where I can put my stands, and that's just because. Um, my family, you know, we all are kind of designated to a yep. certain spot and I got to keep in that spot. And it's just how my uncle's, you know, runs it and it, it's worked out for me. I can't complain, but it does make it hard. And guys that will like, I'll talk to, they're like, Oh, why don't you just, you know, you know, it would be easy where you hunt. And it's like, no, it's not. I can't just, you know, get, you know, I have to, if I see a buck traveling a certain, path it's not like oh yeah i can just hop over there and right move to it so yeah so you're does. you're probably limited and like you can't really get that mobile you probably have to stay right tight don't you yes i like once my sand set or you know that's where it's staying and it's been i've uh due to some logging the recent years um they took out a couple trees that were kind of opened it up to where i wasn't say hidden as good so i might have moved over a tree or two just to get blended in a little better. Okay. But yeah, I'm very limited to tree and just the, in the trees and the trees in the woods, there's very few trees that are good for the tree stands that I hunt in. So, yep. So now how did, how did the acreage get like chopped up? Like how did you end up with this three to five acres? We'll call it like, what was that process like? So, um, my stepmom and dad live around the property. All my family, stepmom's family, my family live around the property. So they pretty much circle it. Okay. And so like my uncle that is to the, be the east of me. If you go straight behind his house, that's like his area. And then straight behind my stepmom's house is like me and my dad's area. And then my other aunt and uncle, and then another aunt and uncle on the other side of the um, property they're kind of, it's always, it's kind of like, you know, stick behind the house. Okay. You know? I see what you're saying. And so, and we all have set gun blinds, um, set tree stands. Uh, me and my dad and my one cousin are pretty much the only bow hunters. And that's what, you know, that's how it is. A lot of my family gun hunts, but so usually there's only three of us bow hunting it, but we still got to stick to our area. I gotcha. So it's, it, yeah. So is your dad and yours area like the same area then, the same three to five acres? Yeah. Yes. Like, (laughs) it's funny and people might think it's crazy, but me and my dad stand is literally 90 yards apart. Really? Yeah. Like, we can't see each other just the way the woods is set up and there's a little hill in the middle of the woods to where we're at. You can't see each other, but yeah, it's, as a crow flies, it's 90 yards, if maybe a hundred. No kidding. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. Now- how does this three to five acres layout? Like, is it all timber or, you know, is it like Oak Ridge or is there any food on it? Little food plots? Like, how does it lay out? So I'm where I'm at. I'm at the end of, there's three big fields that have fence rows, um, dividing them. And then it comes into a block of timber. That's so majority of the property is actually farm field, but there's about, I'd guess 15 to 20 acres of hardwoods. Okay. 
and I'm at the very west end of it where um, I'm at the end of the woods where it butts up to usually always corn. It's a cornfield that has um, a fence row that comes right down and ties into the woods. And then there's like a grassy, wouldn't say it's not really CRP. It's just overgrown thicket that runs to the north of me that actually ties into where my uncle's yard is. And then, so it's almost like a corner that I'm hunting of the woods that ties into where two of the fields and a fence row meet. And then my neighbor's field actually comes and butts up to it. So, okay. And then is, do you have any like oaks, oak trees or anything like that? It's like a little acorn flat. Okay. Yep. And is it, is it pretty, pretty mature or is it, is there a lot of understory? There's a lot of under it was, and then they logged it a few, um, they actually logged it about 15 years ago and then they just recently logged it last winter. And so they took out quite a bit of, um, the trees. Okay. So, yeah. So this year was this past year was kind of an almost regrouping of the deer pattern because they just changed the whole landscape of the woods. Yep. Is it coming back pretty thick already? It, I was actually really surprised this past season how thick it got. And then I'm, I'm, you know, stoked to what it's going to be this next, this upcoming season. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to make it a lot better because it was pretty wide open woods. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, the next five to 10 years, that's going to be prime, you know, yes. if you can wait yep. it out. Like that's, that's the thing, like up at my family farm here, it, a lot of it just got logged off this, like right when COVID hit, like right in the last spring. So about a year ago, it got logged off. And this fall we were like ecstatic because all the new growth, like the popples and all that stuff were like taller than me. I'm, I'm only like 5'10", but I mean, it got really tall and the deer absolutely loved it. And I'm like, man, imagine this in five years you know, yeah. how crazy it's going to get. Yeah. No, I, that, that's exactly how I am. And actually the, this past fall, actually the way they logged it and the way they set the tops actually helped me with harvesting the buck that I did. Um, cause it kind of drove, he walked, had, pretty much had to walk right to my stand to get out of the, where he was bedded down at. Okay. So, I gotcha. So I want to go back a little bit because okay. was it 2016 when you killed the two like real big bucks on there? Yes. Yep. Back to back. Yes. Okay. So yep. let's go through that. Like in 2016, what was the timber like? Like how was the woods set up? Was it just mature uh, with a little understory? Like how did it set up then? The woods was actually pretty, the reason they logged it again this year was just because it was getting more open and open. And, uh, there actually wasn't a lot of undergrowth. Um, so I guess, you know, part of the woods was very mature, but like down at my end, um, it was pretty open. I mean, there was a little bit of, um, undergrowth, but it just, it was, I would say my end of the woods was maybe 50 to 60% mature to where, you know, I knew that this year logging it was going to help with the undergrowth, which it already okay. did. But yep. that's, yeah, that's pretty much how it was. Like down the west or east side of the woods was very, you know, thick and already had good undergrowth going and was going to be, you know, I would say didn't need the logging. 
that yep. they did anyways. Yep. So Okay. Now yep. now when you go in this into this piece of ground, now having a small piece of ground, which a lot of people know, can be very difficult to hunt just because yep. of entry and exit. Is it do you find it really hard to enter this enter your stands and exit the stands without kicking deer or kicking deer? Yes. Every time if I don't kick a deer going in, don't matter which because my one ant, I'll either part, depending on the wind, um, I'll either walk straight out from my dad's house or depending on the wind direction, I'll go over to my aunt's house and park and walk in. And usually nine times out of ten, I'll go over there anyways because I like to slip up that fence row and yep. I can see both fields and see what's in my neighbor's field. And I can slip right into my stand quietly. But um, sometimes I have to go out behind my dad's house and usually i mean either way i'm kicking up deer just because the deer population around that block is so heavily and uh due to my neighbors how they hunt and everything okay if i don't kick a deer up there's either something wrong or uh yeah there's just it's unordinary for me to not kick up a deer which it sucks but i'm used to it and the deer my uncles and all them have gators, and we ride quads and golf carts back there. Um, so they're actually used to, you know, I guess people. Used to a little bit of noise. You know, just, yeah, yep, used to, the you know, the gators and stuff like that. And my aunts and my stepmom will take walks and go for walks around the fields and stuff. So they've just become accustomed to it over the years. I got you. Okay. So yeah. with – you know, with kicking deer and all that stuff, it, it makes it difficult, like I said. But, you know, yes. you're hunting basically one to two tree stands in the same tree basically every time. So throughout the years, have you noticed the deer movement changing a little bit? You know, maybe getting a little farther and farther from these trees or, you know, has that played a, played into a factor at all of like only being able to hunt one or two trees? Yeah, it does. And what I'll do, I'll try to do is I will actually move. I'll be in the same tree and I try to pick out, I like groups of trees. I don't like single trees. I don't like great big, huge trees by themselves. I'll try to find a group of trees, which that's what I'm in. It's a group of like three or four trees that um, are all tightly together. And so I'll find, I found out over the years, like, you know, you'll have that old doe that just comes in and she'll pick you out every time and so what i'll do each year is i'll actually move my stand to a you know a different position and try to reposition myself to where i'm just breaking you know so that way then the deer is so used to you know oh that you know there he is standing up there right exactly i'll try to i'll try to reposition my stands to where you know, it might be a different height. One year I'm at 15 feet, next year I'm at, you know, 22 feet, or I might even only be 10 foot off the ground. I got it you. It just depends on, you know, the year. And, you know, like I said, I do can move a little bit from tree to tree, but it's you. I've been in the, my tree stand, I've been in the same tree now for since 2000. I moved after I killed those two bucks in 2016, I moved to this tree in 2017 and been there. Okay. Okay. So what makes this three to five acres the best? Like what makes it to where these caliber of deer 
come through here all the time? Is it like a rut thing or is it just like good cover food? Like what is it? It is a rut thing mostly. Um, that's when I get most of the deer to come in there. But a lot of the does actually um, bed to the east of me and they actually to where they go on to my neighbors. So they actually come right by there heading to my neighbor's field um, in the evenings and in the you know mornings. And, uh, and then late mornings, they're all coming back, you know, to catch the bed or whatever. So they're, they pretty much, it's like a travel corridor almost. Um, I just, you know, with the bucks and certain deer, they just got to kind of, depends on which trail they take that day. So it's kind of luck of the draw that they're coming down the trail right by my tree stand or close enough for a shot. Cause a lot of the deer that I've killed, I've grunted in, um, off the other trails Yep. that aren't necessarily right within shooting range, but it's just, yeah. So they use that fence roll a lot and come right down that fence roll into the woods. Um, and so that's basically it. It's just, I mean, there's acorns, so they'll stop and, you know, obviously eat for a yeah. little bit. And and that's the thing too with those little small little woodlots. It's like, you know, if you can hunt them in the rut, and I I'm a firm believer in being able to like even sit all day in the rut in those because the thing is is you might not see a lot of deer, but when you do see them, it's probably gonna be the buck that you're looking for, and they're probably just coming through cruising looking for that next hot doe. Yes. Yep. And actually, two of the actually three of the biggest bucks that I've killed off the property have been after 11 in the morning. Okay. Between that 11, 11 and noon area. Okay. So yeah. le- let's get into the 2016. Take me through the first deer that you killed in 2016. Like what time of year was it and kind of break down like how that happened. Okay. Uh, well, it was November 13th. Um, it was a Saturday and that is my favorite day, ultimately, to be in the woods. I've killed November 12th and November 13th are my two favorite days. I've killed most of my deer on those two days. And uh, so it was a Saturday morning, and um, usually, you know, that time we're either trying to catch up on late work in the season. Just So usually I'm working, but for some reason we weren't that day, and my dad actually had to work. So I actually called him the night before and said, you know, checked in. I said, Hey, you hunting in the morning? He's like, no, we got to work. And I'm like, all right, well, if you're cool with it. Um, the wind, even though the stands are, like I said, are only 90 yards apart, the winds played different for each one of them. So the wind was actually going to be really good for his stand. And, uh, so I was like, Hey, if you don't mind, I'm just going to go sit in your stand. He's like, yeah, you know, you know, you don't have to ask. And I'm like, all right, sweet. So that next morning I got up and, there's actually a little dusting of snow on the ground that morning and it was cold. And, uh, I went and climbed up in a stand and got all settled in. And I had that year, I believe that year was the, before the antler. Am I right? That was before the antler point restrictions were yeah. on in the Southern County. I'm, I'm almost yep. positive it was. Yep. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was because I had a, um, like we talked before, I had a really big six point that, it was an older deer that I was actually after that year and first light, he was actually down in the corner to where I could see him. And he was actually working his way toward my stand. So I'm sitting there like kicking myself, like, you know, you made the wrong choice. 
and second guessing myself. And so I just um, let out a few contacts, you know, grunts. Yep. And because I'll look before I, I do a lot of blind calling and it's just how I've always done it. But if I do see the deer, I'll try to, you know, read his body language or his demeanor for sure and see what type of mood he's in. And you could tell he was searching. And so I let out a few grunts at him and, uh, I actually tucked my grunt call because I don't like to grunt. Once I see a deer, I don't like to grunt at a deer. Um, just because I feel like, you know, if you're pointing your grunt call at them and they're right there out, and, you know, in front of you, you're just echoing, saying, you know, look at me. Yep. But it's like a big blow horn up there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I actually, I tucked my grunt call like kind of under my arm and pointed it away from him. And just let out a few, like I said, like three or four little contact grunts. And he picked his head up and, or, you know, from, he stopped like dead out of his walk and picked his head up and looked at it, you know, looked over my way. And I'm like, sweet, you know, I got his attention. And so I just left it at that. And it was no more than a second. And all of a sudden I heard a twig snap behind me. And I just kind of like slowly turned my head and, could just see the right side of his rack and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> and he, um, I mean, I know more than got turned around and grabbed my bow and the deer is at 20 yards and he comes in to eight yards and I was already, you know, I drew back when he stepped behind a tree, he stepped out, I smoked him at eight yards. He actually took a bound and stopped because my arrow blew right through him and like, you know, he didn't know what happened and he's blood's just pumping and he's just looking around like, what the heck was that? And all of a sudden he just tipped over right there at 20 yards. Holy cow. <laughs> and so I'm just sitting there like with my hands on my head, just like what just happened. And at the time I knew, I knew right off the bat, it was my biggest buck. And so, you know, the shakes coming, I didn't even have time to get, you know, the fever and, and then then it kicked in once he tipped over and i'm sitting there trying to fumble up my like i keep my phone right in my front pocket of that chest pocket yep so i'm sitting there trying to get it out shaking so bad you know to call my dad my dad's the very first call that i make when i kill a deer yeah um and always will be you know and he uh i'm dialed up and i'm like hey and he's like what's up he goes you call me pretty early i'm like i just smoked a giant he's like you did not and i'm like yeah He's like, well, we get, the rest of the day got canceled, so I'm on my way home. I'm like, all right. I said, I'm, you know where I'm at, and I said, come out here. And so that was how that deer so ended up. What happened to the six point then when you shot the other deer? Honestly, <laughs> don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I totally forgot about him. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, funny. You know, I'm sure. You know, it's like I think back. I'm like, um, you know. You know, I could have, you might have still been over there and been like, you know, heard all the ruckus and wondered what it was. Could have doubled up. <laughs> and, you know, and me, you know, me fist pumping up in the stand probably didn't help him sticking around. Yeah. But yeah, to this day, I still, you know, I'll look at that mount in my house and I'll be like, you know, I wonder what could have happened. And what's, um, my neighbor down the road ended up actually killing that deer the next year, the six point. Okay. How was big was a, he? he? He was, he, I, I've never... You know, I don't know. I can't say score because I've never, um, I never really asked him or, you know, he just sent me a pic. I got a picture of him, but he was just a giant, 
I would say he probably had 10, 11 inch G2s. Oh, wow. Just mass and huge brows. And then he was actually a seven point. He had a little kicker, but I had him, me and my dad had him multiple times to where during muzzleloader season, the year prior, that same year, um, or the year before that 2016, uh, I had him coming in during muzzleloader season and he was never more than that six point. I mean, like I said, he had that little kicker that made him a seven, but that's how he was his whole, I think we had four or five years of pictures of him. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. And so, yeah. And he was just old, gnarly six point. That's and awesome. There's pictures like we set a trail camera in my dad's yard every year. Cause deer like to go through this little, he, my stepmom in his yard's two and a half acres and like a half acre of it is like these pine trees and just, we leave tall grass and the deer love to just come up there in bed. So we'll just set a trail camera just to see. And he was actually, that's where a lot of the times he was bedding was right in my dad's yard. Wow. And so it was just cool. And not, you know, it couldn't happen. My neighbor down the road that got him was a heck of a guy. Couldn't happen to a better guy, but, yeah, he, he totally went out of my mind after I watched that. <laughs> so, so when you shot the other deer, like, what was he? Like, how big was he? What was he? An eight pointer, nine pointer, ten pointer? What was he? He's a, yep, he's a nine point mainframe, nine point. He has a little tiny kicker that could possibly be a ten, but uh, he ended up scoring one thirty two and an eighth. Wow, it's and a great he was, buck. He actually, he's actually only, um, he's only thir- just over thirteen inches wide. Man, so, so he's, he's probably really got tough. mass for days. <laughs> Matt, he's got mass. He's got um, one of his G2s was 11. The other one was 11 and a half. And then his G3s were 10. Okay. And so, yeah, he's just a massive tall deer. What and a stun. just not very wide. Yeah. Yep. So what what do you think happened? Do you think you're blind calling or you calling at that six-pointer? Maybe this deer was close by, heard that, and was like, hey, you know, I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on over here. Yeah, because that deer, I mean, it had he he was coming in on a string. He didn't care of anything else. Because I mean, I moved. You know, we try. I try not to move pretty fast, but you know, you catch yourself. You know, all excited at that moment. And when I grabbed my bow, he didn't. You know, in the stand, actually, my dad hunts out of a ladder stand. I use a hang on. Okay. And which my dad um, can't stand because I actually fell out of a tree stand in 2012. Oh, no kidding. Um, yeah, I fell 21 feet. Holy so, cow. Yeah, on that property. So, um, and you'd think it would have kept me from going back, but uh, about three weeks later, I was back in the stand. Jeez, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, but so I was actually in, in his, his stand was a ladder stand that I killed it out of. And when I turned, it creaked. And I for sure thought that. It was going to, and that buck didn't care. He was on a mission. He must have been, you know, he was looking for that buck or, you know, what was going on. He was in a trance, man. It's crazy when you get those deer like that, you know. It's all like you almost have to go up and tap him in the nose and be like, hey, you know what I mean? It's like one of those moments (laughs) you're so, like, laser focused and he's got one thing on his mind and he's like, you know, he's got blinders on or something like that. It's crazy. It's really cool to see, though. Yep. And, uh, I didn't have a single picture of this deer. I don't know. My um, dad's buddy who actually lives about, I'd say a mile, mile and a half as a crow's fly away, had a trail cam picture of him in velvet. Oh, really? So that was pretty okay. cool. Yeah. 
So that was pretty cool to have, but I did not personally have any pictures of the deer. I, ne- I never saw them until that morning. That's crazy, man. Mystery so, buck. You got to like that. Yes. Actually, both. Well, I don't want to give away the story, but both bucks from 2016 were mystery bucks. Okay. So, so let's get into the next one. So that was of, November 13th. Yep. So, um, yeah, so that was November 13th. And then, so two days later is obviously opening day gun season. And me and my dad have always sat opening day together. Um, we built, and this was actually the first year that we built our new box blind. And uh, we were sitting and we got up, obviously had deer camp breakfast uh, with family members and stuff and got out in the blind that morning. And it was actually a really slow morning. We weren't seeing a lot of deer. And uh, probably, I'd say, quarter to 11, I watched this eight-point kind of run up off my neighbor's field and head towards the middle of our woods. And I told my dad, I just kind of, just because of hunting over the years, just you learn what the deer do. And I said, that buck's going to come down through the center of our woods right at us. Yeah, I said, he's looking for does. I know he is. And my dad's like, yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know. Mr. Whitetail, he can always jokes with me. <laughs> and so it wasn't five minutes, and all of a sudden you just hear, but, but, and here he comes right through the center of the woods, and my dad just looks at me and shakes his head. And he's kind of looking at it like humming, and I'm like, I look at him, I'm like, are you going to shoot? He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I've never personally killed a deer on opening day, and he was a nice eight point. And I'm like, if you're not going to, you know, shoot him, then here, here's the camera, I will. And he's like, no, I'm going to shoot him. And cause my dad's not, he, you know, he's, he's an old boy. He could care less about, you know, he wants to kill big bucks, but you know, any little, he gets excited, which I, I mean, anybody, if you don't get excited when a deer walks in, then you right. shouldn't be hunting anymore. Yep. So, you know, and it's funny cause I had the video still. So I, I start, you know, running the camera and you can hear my dad breathing <laughs> like getting so excited and, you know, and that's what it's all about. And so this buck comes in. 50 yards he drops it you know we're hollering you know hugging and you know high-fiving and stuff and we give it a few minutes then we go out and you know slap the tag on and take pictures like i said this is quarter 11 and we go back up in the blind because we usually tend to sit all day and um about an hour not even an hour 45 minutes goes by and you know had my lunch with me and went to i went to go eat my sandwich and my dad forgot his so i'm like hey i'll walk up to the house you know at noon and grab your sandwich for you and he's like no i'm all right and i'm like all right i said well i'm probably gonna go to the house anyways you know i only brought a water with me and i said i'm gonna go grab a gatorade or something he's like all right i said i'm gonna finish my sandwich though so i literally am getting ready to take a bite of my sandwich and i look out the window and this (laughs) giant is standing over my dad's buck and i'm like you know, like kind of like shocked. And I just reach over and tap my dad and I'm like, dad, look at, and he turns and he goes like, same kind of thing. He's like, are you kidding me? Like really lightly. And he's like, <laughs> and he just looks at me and he's like, you can never let your old man shoot the big one. And cause he was tagged out. That was his second buck. And I said, well, I haven't killed him yet. Dad. And so, you know, I grabbed, obviously grabbed my shotgun and the buck was actually with a doe and, he ended up, he was actually walking away and I didn't think I was going to get a shot. And then finally I seen an opening that he was going to enter. And I just put the scope in that opening. And as soon as he entered it, I stopped him and had it right on him and shot. And 
he ended up running about 20, 30 yards and almost did like a huge, like horse when horse rear up, he did that yep. and tipped right over. And that's when the real, like my dad like hollered and he's got a big deep voice and I'm like, she like in that blind, it just echoed. And we're, <laughs> it's the first time we ever doubled up together. And you know, it was, it was just a great moment. And so that's I, awesome. I personally didn't even, I didn't even really, I just seen it had a huge frame. I didn't know what it was at the time. And so I was, <laughs> I couldn't, at that moment, I couldn't tell you what it was. Yep. I just seen it had a big frame and I knew, I knew, I did know on the one side it had at least four. So, um, but as far as the whole thing, I couldn't tell you until I walked up on it. And then I just was in shock because it was bigger than the buck I'd killed two days previous. Man. So walking up on this thing with your dad, I mean, you've already went through a whirlwind. You shot a good buck, your biggest buck to date, two days before. Your dad killed one, obviously, before then. And and he kills one, and and you both tag out on opening day. Like, what was your emotions like walking up there with your dad and looking at this buck? It was um, probably, well, now looking back at the moment it was probably the best moment besides my first buck when i ran up through the woods to my dad and he wondered what was going on when i first shot my first bull buck <laughs> it was probably it was that next big moment right there it was probably my biggest moment me and my dad i'm kind of like you i'm 510 my dad's 64 he's just a giant and he's like grubbing me pretty much he's like so excited and i'm like dad take it you know take it he's like pretty much you know bear hugging me and yeah. carrying me pretty much <laughs> And we're just laughing and, you know, my dad's almost, my dad's not a real emotional guy, but he almost has like tears in his eyes. Cause you know, at the time I didn't have my son, so I didn't really, you know, he's like, you'll, you'll understand when you have a boy, yep. you know, when stuff like this happens. And now that I do have my son, I do. But, um, so we're walking up and as we're walking up, my dad's just, he could see the left side sticking up and he's like, son, are you you know, shit me like, and he's hugging me still. And I'm like, let me see, you know, let me grab a hold of the rack dad. And so I pick it up and it's just massive wide, um, ended up being a nine point or it's a mainframe eight with a kicker that made it a nine, right? Pretty much a split brow. And, um, I haven't like officially got him scored. Cause I've only got my, Going back to, I don't want to kind of backtrack, but going back to when you asked me about my goals, I always wanted a buck in the uh, commemorative buck to Michigan. Yep. And I killed, and I killed one years ago that was like one twenty, and he got in the book. So, you know, and then ever since then, I've just you know with my buddies taped them out and scored them myself. But so he ended up scoring, I think one forty one or one forty two and an eight. Jeez, man. Yeah, and he was just, he was almost 19 inches inside wide. Not really long tines, but huge sweeping main beams. Um, you know, huge brows. It actually, he actually had like six or seven inch brows. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, and body, body wise was at the time biggest deer that I had killed until this past year, body wise. But, um, yeah, so it was just, it was at the time was the best moment of my hunting. I guess to say career yep. hunting life. Yep. So, I mean, did your dad kill his first buck that year on that property as well? That year? Yep. Yep. So did he tag yeah, out he, on that same property? 
Yeah, yep. He had been, he had already shot a bull buck. He had killed a similar, almost, his buck ended up being, I'd say it was a 115 to 120 inch eight point, which is a nice, you know, Michigan deer. Heck yeah, me. it is. Yep. Um, so he had actually shot one a little bit smaller than that with his bow um, earlier than what I had shot mine. Um, I can't remember what date, but yeah, we were both tagged. That was both tagging out together. Man, so, that, you took four good Michigan bucks. Uh, off of yep. you know three to five acres or whatever, and that's in one year. That's unheard of. Yeah, that's yep. crazy. Now, did you know anything about the buck that you killed with your with your gun? No, um, and that's kind of what's crazy is I didn't want to give it away when I was telling you about the November thirteenth. But as me and my dad were celebrating, um, with my bow buck, my dad actually just drove his Ranger right out to my deer and. We were loading it up, and as we were, you know, looking back, and after I shot that deer, um, the buck that I ended up killing on opening day was actually chasing a doe right at me and my dad as we were loading my bow buck <laughs> in. And uh, like I said, when I first shot him with the gun, I didn't know what it was, but then after looking at him, and you know, I remembered that deer two days ago chasing, and he got within sixty-five yards of the truck. And wow. I remember my dad, and I remember having my bow and my dad's like, give me your bow. And I'm like, you know, screw you, dad. I'm shooting it <laughs> if it comes in with my bow. <laughs> but I remember that buck chasing a doe right by us that morning. So I didn't want to give it away, like, you know, tell yep. the story. But, yeah, so I did. But like I said, I didn't have any history of that buck besides seeing him that two days before. But the night before, and this will tell you how much, you know, during the rut a deer can move. The night before, a guy actually had a trail cam picture of the buck I killed with my gun. Um, he's about just under a mile away. Okay. And he had a trail cam picture on the 14th. Wow. Uh, so on the 13th, he was at our property. And then the 14th, he was at my, um, I would say he's not a buddy, but, you know, a good neighbor down the road. Had a picture of him the 14th um, that night in his field and then the 15th he was back that's crazy you know he's just cruising you know just trying to yeah. find the doe well and yeah i don't know if that was the same because he like you said he was with a doe on the 15th so i don't know if he was just pushing that doe all around or if he mm -hmm. was on you know a lockdown you know usually when the lockdown deer you're not going to see that deer but so yeah. he could have just been searching for does and just got on you know multiple those two days so that's crazy man that's so cool but that's yeah. That's crazy to me. I mean, and that it doesn't stop there. I mean, you've killed no. numerous bucks since then on this ground that yeah. are just as good. Like, so take me through yeah. like the 17, 18, and 19. And then obviously, yeah, this last year, like, how, how, like, how, just rattle through some of the bucks that you've taken off this thing, you and your dad. Um, so 16, that happened 16. 17, I ended up. Uh, I only, I think I only harvested one buck that year and me being, I'm at, I'm on the road right now working. So I'm in the hotel room, but if I was sitting in my house, I'm trying to think of what buck it was, but he's a European mountain. He was a nice eight point. I killed a, it was probably, uh, like I said, one, I'd say a one fifteen to one twenty inch, eight point seventeen, And then 18, um, Similar, I killed another 120, 
I'd say 120 inch buck mm-hmm. and 18 and then 19. Um, I killed, which hopefully I'm getting back soon from the taxidermist because due to COVID he, my cape was like held up yep. um, at the tannery, but I killed a hundred and he's actually, I until I get him back and actually score him again, he might be my second biggest. He was, I know he was like 130 when I just roughed him before I took him to the taxidermist. Wow. And those are all on um, this, this property, right? Yeah. Those are out of the same stands. Yep. Wow. And then, and then my dad, those years, my dad killed, um, a few good eight points. Um, I'd say, you know, anywhere from the 110 to the 120 range. And, um, and which leads me to like how I, we were talking about goals, how I want to kill 150. I don't care. You know, like I said, if I reach that goal, great, you know, and if the only way I'm going to do it is if I limit myself probably. And, you know, and obviously if the deer is even there on the property, that's at 150, but you know, where it comes into hunting, you know, like I said, if a buck comes in and it triggers me, I'm going to take it and it doesn't matter whether it's 115 inch buck or 140. Yep. I mean, it's Michigan. Um, you know, um, the place has got a special place in my heart. So, you know, that's, that's why I kind of venture out of state now, you know, cause I have a better chance at killing maybe that 150 or bigger. So, um, but, and then back to, and then this past year in 20, I killed a buck that I had three years of pictures of. I had two years of them and then leading up all summer, I didn't get a picture of them. And then the night before the day before I was leaving for Illinois, I was at work and I have a tech cam reveal and heard the alarm or heard the sound go off my phone, knew exactly what it was and just thinking, oh, it's just a squirrel, you know? And it was the middle of the day and uh, maybe a late morning. And all of a sudden I look and I'm like, holy shit. And I, I instantly knew what bucket was and finally got a picture of him. And so I actually looked at my boss. I'm like, hey, uh, what's the chances I can get out early? Like, You're leaving for <laughs> vacation tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, but I just got this picture and I need to go now. He's like, tell you what, if you get all this work done in time, you can leave at 2.30. I'm like, sweet. So got it done, uh, headed out to the stand. Got in my stand about, I want to say, 3.30, 4 o'clock. And just after 5, I think, um, I was just sitting there. It wasn't really, you know, it was October 24th, I think. Either it's 3rd or 4th. Um, and just sitting there, you know, it wasn't really, not much was going on. It was kind of a hotter day. And kind of a similar story to my 2016 Bullbuck. Just happened to hear a twig snap, and I turn and look, and this buck's standing at 35 yards. And I'm like, you know, that I, I self-film now. And so got the camera going, and it's crazy in the video. Even my dad, you could tell he was an older buck because he stood in one spot for, you know, you think about it, it's like it feels like a half hour, but, you know, back looking back on the video, he was stood in one spot for at least four to five minutes and didn't move very methodical at what he's doing yes yeah and the wind was the wind was perfect so i knew he wasn't going to smell me and he just was you know just looking around you know very slowly one ear was just slightly moving every once in a while and then all of a sudden he turned and went to kind of come closer and when i reached out to turn the camera he caught a glimpse of me moving and i was like oh shit i just ruined it 
and he went to take a bound and I just pulled my bow back quick, looked over at the camera, made sure he was still in frame. And, um, I knew what I had already arranged where he was at and, you know, where my shots were at already previous. So I knew what range he was at and I let it fly and he ran about 70 yards and piled up. Wow. And he ended up being my biggest, biggest body deer, not necessarily rack. He, I think he, like I said, he ended up being, he's a four and a half year old buck. Um, but he just was heavy and freakishly tall, not very wide. And that's kind of like the gene out there where I, my property, um, we usually have really tall, not very wide eight points. And every once in a while you'll get a buck like my 2016 gun buck that's wide and heavy, but it's, we have a lot of big six points and a lot of tall, excuse me, um, tall eight points. Okay. That's just the common deer out there. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Cool. I mean, what a heck of a four to five year <laughs> run you and your dad are having. Yeah. You might yeah, have like the I best said, I mean, three to five acres in Michigan that I know of. <laughs> well, and the, if like people that know the area know my neighbors and um, my neighbors own a ton of ground that butt up to us and they don't go like people think I'm lying to them. And I, I have a picture. I'll have to send it to you. I have a picture of my neighbor's field that butts up to our woods and um, in the picture there's, you can count 84 deer in this field. Wow. And yeah. And I think at the, if I remember right, there might only been like two or three bucks and that's, what's kind of the downfall to the property. We have so many does and you know, it's just the ratio is like crazy bad. Um, but somehow you know we continuously grow big deer around the area and that's i mean my neighbors do a big part and they don't go in their woods very often they're farmers i mean they farm it that's about it but they won't step foot until season into their they're very old-fashioned but um i mean they kill a good buck every year and that's all they that's all they really kill is one good buck every year yeah so. You know, with having all those deer, though, and all those does, yes, it, it can be a, a curse, but also, I mean, having a little piece of ground like that could also be a blessing just because you know at any given moment there could be a hot doe in your woods or yes. it could just yep. been passing yes. through, you know. Exactly, and that's what helps, that, I think, my spot out. Um, personally, you know, I don't want to sound selfish, but I've killed, like, we've obviously know that I've killed a, you know, good box throughout the years, but if I could sit in the spot that I truly wanted to during bow season, <laughs> I could maybe be telling even better stories. But, uh, you know, I can't complain. I've been blessed with good deer, you know, good Michigan deer. And, yeah, you have. Um, so, and like I said, it started, it's pretty much been that spot since I was 13 years old, since I killed that first buck out there. Um, I mean, I, I think I've only went one or two years where I didn't kill a buck out of that spot. That's that crazy. Hunting. That's yep. cool. And though. I mean, I have. Yep. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you're fine. No, I was just going to say that's, that's cool because, you know, not a lot of people can say that, you know, especially in Michigan, you know, you're setting goals and you're achieving them just about every year. Um, hopefully you don't go on a dry spell where you got like a four or five year run where it's like nothing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, hopefully not. Um, I got some bucks that actually made it through this season. Um, I actually have a picture of one that 
he goes through my through my tat cam at like I think it was ten at night, and then two minutes later he goes through and um his he had already dropped his antlers like within that two minutes. So and that's what sucks is I've been on the road this whole month, and so I can't I haven't had time to go out and shed hunt at all yet. Yeah. So well, they're there actually, somewhere for you. Actually, yeah, I'm hoping that you know I get find them or at least get my hands on one of them because. He's actually he was actually on the hit list for this past season, along with that other buck. Um, so as long as nothing happens to him over the course of the year, he's going to be a complete stud this year. So that's cool, man. Well, good yep. luck to you. I I hopefully you yeah. get after another one, and it sounds like you're you're probably going to. <laughs> so yeah, I'm hoping, and uh, I'm hoping, like I said, that uh, you know now I've started the, my self filming um, stuff recently so hopefully it all plays out on film again like it has been the last couple of years so well good deal man well we're coming up on time here i, I want to thank you for coming on and doing this uh thank you for reaching out to me i mean it was a great story i love hearing stuff like this uh and i know a lot of the listeners out there like hearing it too so thank you very much for for coming on man yeah i appreciate it it was a blast and hopefully do it again sometime yeah for sure now before i do cut you loose though you said you're doing a lot of self-filming. Do you have your content out anywhere on YouTube or anything? Like, if you do, kind of direct people towards that. Yep. And, uh, you know, I actually just recently started. Um, I'd like to, you know, a couple of years, the last two seasons, not this year, but the past two, I actually worked with a couple buddies from Lethal Instincts, was filming with them. And then uh, I just had some personal stuff come up and, you know, goals that um, led me to start what I started now. So, what I come up with, um, I just started, it's called Life at Full Draw. Um, it's The YouTube is actually getting worked on right now to get up and running, but my con- I do have a Facebook page um, and Instagram um, content. There's a few videos on there right now. Um, like I said, just getting started on it. Uh, so that's, YouTube will be up and running. I'll, you know, post a link. There's a page you can go follow off Facebook or on my personal page. Um Cody Pearson. Awesome, so, man. Well, thanks, dude. Yeah, I appreciate I am that. Actually, yeah, and if I can, I actually am running. Like I do this every year um, with turkey season coming up. Um, I actually am running a, like, like a little contest on my Facebook page. Um, what I do is you got to go to the page, like and share and um, post just done on the – and you're entered into – I usually take out a youth hunter, but this year I'm doing a little different. Anybody who wants to go on a filmed turkey hunt with me, um, I don't care if you killed 100 turkeys or if you never killed one. It's just going to be a random drawing, and you'll get a, it's going to be fully filmed in for you. So awesome, man! Well, cool. I mean, yep. everybody listen. If you're interested in that, go to go to his Facebook page and go to Instagram. Keep an eye on all that stuff, and and uh, maybe you can go and get your turkey hunt filmed. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. So something I started a few years ago and just want to continue it so nice man well again i appreciate you coming on and doing this thank you very much and obviously good luck this this next fall and and uh if you get another good story come out of here maybe we'll have to run it back and do another one man most definitely i'm always down for that so cool buddy thank you very much and uh you have a good evening yeah thank you all right there you have another great episode cody pearson thank you very much for coming on and you know talking about your three to five acres it's crazy this stories that you know he's doing year in and year out on this property is unbelievable 
But uh, thank you to him. Thank you, everybody out there listening. I'm going to say it again. I can't thank you guys enough. Each week, week in, week out, it's it's unbelievable. The more support we get, the better. Um, the downloads are like crazy high. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. But I do need you to go over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave a five-star rating and leave a review. If you've already done it, maybe go do it again. I'd appreciate that. So thank you guys very much. We're going to be right here next week back on the Fall Podcast.